0: Welcome to Mission Revive, a podcast dedicated to hope and healing through God's transforming love, where your hosts, anchored in truth and armed with faith, are changing the world and reviving hearts with Jesus, one conversation at a time.
1: Hi, I'm Bob Newberry. I'm on the board of directors of Revive Hope and Healing Ministries, and uh, we want to welcome you to our newest episode of Mission Revive Podcast, and I, uh, I want to introduce you to um, my colleague uh, who is going to be taking the lead in this uh, podcast because she's really an expert in the topic we're talking about. Um, so welcome. Welcome. Uh, Ann Costa.
2: Hi, Uh, thanks, Bob. You know, it's it's funny that you should say I'm an expert in uh, the Sacred Heart because honestly, I think we're all in the school of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and we can never ever um, learn all that we need to, this side of the veil. But thankfully we have two people here today who have devoted a good portion of their lives, committed their families, to uh, this beautiful devotion to the Sacred Heart. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today in this month of the Sacred Heart. And we're also gonna be talking about a wonderful mission that is being planned in our own diocese uh, for the Solemnity, which comes up on the 24th of June. So uh, this this is our first annual um, uh, retreat. We're hoping to have more, and it's an option that any parish can have. And I'm really excited to introduce you to um, the, the guys. So come on, Shannon and Pat. If you, there they are. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. And we have the Sacred Heart with us?
1: Yes, yes, you
2: always do. And yes. uh, I'm so glad to have you on to share your testimony really about why, why, why are you devoted to the Sacred Heart? What, it, why would you, what is that about for you? What has it been about for you and your family? You want to
3: start? huh?
4: Well the the main thing is um, you know having a lot of kids we have we have eight kids Uh, we wanted to make sure that we were leading them in the proper direction so as as Catholics we felt that there was more that we could be doing at home to build our domestic church as our family grew. So as our family grew we decided that you know we we really needed to do something more, something else, something a little bit more substantial and put to put some meat on the bone, other than going to church every Sunday and getting our kids to participate in the mass on Sunday, we wanted it to, to feel more like something that we were doing on a daily basis
2: mm-hmm. instead of a
4: mm-hmm. weekly basis. So we were introduced to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the enthronement in our home by Gloria Anson. And uh, that's where Shannon really took a shine to Gloria and started working with the Sacred Heart.
2: Yes. Uh,
3: Yeah, so back in uh, uh, 2007, there was a big uh, family conference on the on the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus here in, in Syracuse, New York, headed up by the Sacred Heart Apostle and Gloria Anson. And I went because Jenna Benkovic was going to speak and I wanted to hear her. And uh, hold on, hold on. So, because um, I was doing her Women of Grace classes. So uh, I just went to hear Jenna and I got this whole side... Um, vision about the enthronement of the sacred heart Jesus and my my heart just was like bursting with desire to know more about the enthronement and what it would mean to our family yeah and uh so glory and I quickly became friends and um and from that from that uh family conference we scheduled our enthronement and started to learn uh we didn't know we didn't know a lot about the enthronement, but we just started to learn little by little um, about the about the promises and about just the powerfulness of the enthronement in your home, and uh, and like lori said, like it was in my heart and it was just bursting, and I knew that it was something that we had to do for our family. So um, that year in October, we we went through the whole enthronement process and had our home enthroned to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And it's been an absolute blessing ever since. Um, there's just been, that was, gosh, what, 15 years ago now? So many things have happened along the way that I don't think we could have gotten through um, without the love of the Sacred Heart in our home and without him, his kingship over us in our home. I don't, I don't know if we would have made through Some of the difficult situations that we've been in. So,
2: wow! And how many children did you say that you have?
3: We have eight children. At the time we did the enthronement, I was pregnant for my lucky number seven, Peter. (laughs) uh, So they've grown up under you know the guidance of the Sacred Heart in our home, which has been amazing, you know.
2: Okay. So and I didn't really we didn't really get into your background, but you both lived in Syracuse all of your life, grew up. No, no, Pat. (laughs) We were away for a while and we moved back that year,
3: that year for 14 years. And we moved back that year. And it was very soon when we moved back that we were connected right with with Gloria.
2: She's she's kind of our connection. I think that's how we know you. Shannon, also, if you could just say a little bit about yourself in terms of the other work that you do. And Pat, also, you're very involved in the Catholic Church and, and some of the, the issues that face families that are threatening to families. So tell us just a little bit about yourselves, and then we'll get back to how the Sacred Heart carried you through all that.
3: Sure. Um, well, we became involved with the Sacred Heart Apostolate back in 2007. Before that, I was doing Women of Grace classes and confirmation classes and that type of thing. Um, and through the involvement of the Sacred Heart um through lisa morris who's who is now the president of the sacred heart apostle we uh i found out about the um program called 40 days for life that was sweeping the nation it it was brand new at the time and uh so my husband and i have been very involved um with jeannie owens and her husband with building the um 40 days for life program here in syracuse and the prayer outreach and uh and I it's prayer
2: outside of Planned Parenthood. Yes, pray. outside
3: of Planned Parenthood, we pray, and we also offer resources and any sort of help um, that any young woman or young couple needs in order to be able to bring their baby into the world and not have to live in fear of not being able to take care of their child. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful ministry. Uh, we've saved, I mean, the, the ministry itself, we know of over 80 children that have whose lives have been saved right on the sidewalk, Mm -hmm. the ones we know about. But that all did come about through um, the enthronement, through the Lord's heart speaking to our heart and bringing us into ministry. And Jeannie and her husband also um, had enthroned their home to the Sacred Heart. And the Lord kind of put us together through a friend. And um, and, and that's like the beauty of uh, the enthronement is when... I think you know my husband can speak to it too. But when you, when you uh, socially proclaim Jesus as King of King and Lord of Lords for your home, and you invite Him in to take care of the mess that you've made of your lives, you know, yeah. for us, um, <laughs> um, He actually comes in and uh, becomes that leader and that friend and that. Um, That his heart actually does speak to you in the recesses of your own home. Uh, you know, you you know, you have the Eucharist at church, but now you have him right there. You have that presence in your own home. And it's a very real presence that comes into your home. It's yeah, I'll let my husband speak to that. Yeah. It's
2: kind
4: it's kind of a little bit it's a little bit scary when you're as the guy of the household. My wife is also a guy, (laughs) because our last name's guy, but head of the household and there's a lot of burden put or focus put on you to be a father and to be a father figure and you realize that hey this is a big responsibility and there's a lot of people looking to me for direction and and which way do we go so um, to have and to bring into your home and do an enthronement and then actually say look it's really not me it's Jesus who is the king of our home we put him in the first place and now the focus changes from okay what is it what do I really do what am I doing to okay we need to be focused more on Jesus and what Jesus is doing and what how he interacts in our lives as opposed to just what mom and dad are saying and doing so building that personal relationship with Jesus becomes something more real and much more part of a daily life and, and I think that's one of the big advantages to doing an enthronement and to being, having an enthroned home.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you do an enthronement, what do you actually do? What's the process? How did you go about it? It's, and how can people do it?
3: There is a preparation period. And uh, that's, um, and when we have the parish mission, we actually have a whole team, right, Anne, set up to help people go through the process. Uh, we're called Sacred Heart Missionaries and we go and we help them facilitate their enthronement. And it's not a difficult process. Although you can run into snares, you know, when you gather teenagers for prayer every night for a few days in a row, you might get a little, you know, <laughs> a little, you know, begrudging looks and whatnot. Um,
2: which no, happens- Your, 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 your <laughs> house, house will start
4: on fire, the dog will run away. <laughs> Car will break down. You name it, it's going to happen. No, it's not true. <laughs> It is true.
2: <laughs> we don't want to scare them away, but Jesus shows us right away how much we need them, right? Yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> I
3: mean, you know, you will run into interference because Satan does not want this to that's happen. It's right. a he fact. It's a fact. Yeah. But because you'll lose,
4: you lose your car keys,
3: <laughs> graces will gonna... come from all of the, you know, just be prepared for maybe a little interference going on. Um, But uh, so generally, uh, you can do nine days of prayer, a lot of people go for the tritium, the three days of prayer. And we set you all up with your prayers. Um, You'll know exactly what prayers you've got to say. Uh, And it focuses on, um, you know, inviting Jesus into your home, our Blessed Mother, we bring our Blessed Mother to your house, because she always helps prepare our hearts for Jesus.
2: Now, that's a part that people really enjoy. When you say you're bringing the Blessed Mother, what do you mean? What happens?
3: So we bring a beautiful statue of Our Lady Fatima into the home. And, uh, and, and you pray with our Blessed Mother to prepare your hearts for the three days of prayer or if you want to do the full novena and um and uh and it's amazing how touched people are and really feel her presence with them um mm-hmm. i know glory had a, a story of a uh, an elderly gentleman who was enthroning his home by himself he lived alone and when um, she had to take our blessed mother uh, to another home, he actually was so you know moved. He started crying, and he kissed our blessed mother, and you know wiped her feet and everything, and um, really felt that she really brought that female presence in his home that he he had yeah. been missing for so many years. So, yeah. I mean, but that's the feeling that you have, and uh, and so um, <laughs> when you go through the prayers. Um, you're going through them with our blessed mother. So it's just so beautiful. And then we go through just the logistics of what you need for the enthronement, the image, the place in your home where you feel would be set up for prayer, and would be a a very focal point in your home where Jesus, where people when they come in their your home, they know that Jesus is there.
2: And, right so with a with a framed image usually uh, right yes. of that of that sacred heart where he is yes. his heart is exposed yeah um, because he what well, that was one of the promises right he said um what did he say i will bless any any place okay. where my heart is with the honored mm-hmm. you know uh, in a prominent place yes yeah. yeah. right
3: so every yeah. home and where every place in which my heart is exposed and honored and and i I think
4: yeah i think the big thing there is you look at you know we are the domestic church the family yes And that's what we're told that's what catholic teaching is and if we're the domestic church why not have a place where in our home our family home much like our church that we go to every sunday yes has the tabernacle we're not going to have a tabernacle in our house but we can have an image of our the sacred heart of jesus set in a place where now you have a place where okay if you're feeling stressed if you want to pray if you you can go there and you can be with jesus in a, in a more formal way instead of you know an informal you know pray everywhere which you should everywhere in every place but now we have a, a formal a focal point
2: mm-hmm. focal point yeah. yeah yeah and you know a lot of people think well my my family is pretty messy. Things can be pretty tense, you know. But I love that you said sure. that you, you said know, it's family. just the messy life that we have, and he's right in the middle of it, right? right. Yeah. You don't have to get all cleaned up and clean your house to have him in there, right? I, yeah, I've, right.
1: I've 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 got a question here. Yeah. Uh, it, um you talk about promises, and mm-hmm. could you could you uh review what what you're referring to yeah. by promises where they came from and yes. how they came to be
3: yes so back in the late 1600s in Para limonial France our lord actually appeared to uh, a nun named saint or she's a saint now but Margaret Mary Alacoque right. and uh he in a little chapel that my husband and and I, Well, that I stood in. You haven't been there yet.
4: I didn't go there. Um, <laughs> I stayed home he, with the kids.
3: He <laughs> actually... For
4: a couple of weeks. Yes.
3: Yeah, he appeared to her and he... I used to
4: have longer hair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he
3: appeared to her in this chapel and he exposed his heart to her. And he, he said, basically, see this heart which loves so much but receives so little love in return. And he laid out a plan that he wanted, um, he wanted all of mankind to come back to his heart and to know the love that he had in his heart for them. And he said to, uh, he wanted uh, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque to spread the devotion of his sacred heart. And he said that he gave numerous promises, but we kind of succinctly put them into about 12 promises. And they're so beautiful. The first one was like one of my favorites and it's, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state of life. And as a mother of eight children uh, feeling overwhelmed, I'm sure fathers and everybody, grandparents, and you know a- anyone that deals with um, any difficulty, you feel overwhelmed at times, like you can't get through your day sometimes with the, the amount of responsibility that you have. He promises, I will give you all your graces for your state of life.
4: Yeah. He, the, and the second one is, I will give them peace in their homes.
3: Yeah.
4: And if after our enthronement, we've had peace in our homes, in our home especially, I can't imagine what it would have been like without it. Yeah. So it's been
3: yeah. it
2: really- I mean, look I, at the
3: world today and all the mass shootings and everything. We need Jesus to come in our homes and bring peace.
1: Yeah.
2: peace.
3: Yeah. This, is, this world is- is living without Jesus in their lives, and He needs to come right into the middle of our homes and bring peace. And it's His promise; He never backs down on His promise. He brings peace. He bring it's it's that's so powerful. He, I will comfort them in all their afflictions. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we would have gotten through with some of the stuff that we've been through. No, I
2: think we have daily afflictions. Yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> daily afflictions (laughs) gotcha Um,
3: and he says i will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death and so you know we pray to i know we pray to saint joseph for a happy death all the time i mean he's going to be there in our life but in our death he will be there as well to greet us um i will bestow abundant blessings upon all of their undertakings I mean he says all of their undertakings so from the smallest to the greatest he's going to bestow blessings on that um, sinners in sinners will find in his heart the source of an infinite ocean of mercy so that is where the hope comes in not to despair in your sins and he's going to give you that do you want do you want to say some of those honey no
4: I just want to say everybody everybody's heard the that the uh... The saying that God God keeps His promises, and here He's made promises, and if you believe in God, you got to also believe in the promises that He's made to you and to us. Yeah. And and you know we've lived it. You know, there's many you know close calls, many afflictions, many difficulties, and all those things that would have been, you know, impossible to get through <laughs> yeah. without. Yeah you know some comfort and some assurances that of course
2: with eight children there's just no way you can't escape it right <laughs> the variables are just so great and to know that he's there through through it all i can't i i can't imagine yeah, how you
4: have, to, you have to have a place to turn someone to turn to instead of something and when you have someone to turn to who has made you know pretty significant promises you, you have a peace, you have a, a blessing, you have a, a hope that in other, otherwise could be a hopeless, not peaceful, very crazy world, which it
3: one generally of these, normally is. Yeah. One of the promises that I love, and you know, uh, Anne, we have some very dear friends that are priests. And one of the promises that he says is, I will give priests the gifts of touching the most hardened hearts. And uh, I know when we had our enthronement, we had a family member that's whose heart was really bitter. And we invited this family member into our home for the enthronement. And to my surprise, they showed up. And uh, Father Guida actually uh, was the priest that came into our home to do our enthronement. And um, I just knew that he was going to touch his heart because Jesus promises that, you know, so. Mm -hmm. I know we have several friends dedicated to um, the devotion to the Sacred Heart and the enthronement, and, and I know that they know in their heart of hearts that th- this this um, promise is meant for them. So it's powerful, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and when you have you have a priest come to your home and the, this is one of the few places and times in, in our lives, actually the only time in our life, our lifetime, where we've had a priest come to our home and say mass for our family and our friends and the other people that were gathered for the enthronement. So it's something that you don't forget. You know, it's, it's a very important moment that sticks in your mind as being extremely important to my parents and very important for my family because we had mass.
3: Well, you can have mass or you can go through the prayers. The prayers themselves take about 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, in our diocese, they allow you to have mass in the home. I don't know if all dioceses do that. So either way, you can do with the mass or you can do with just the ceremony. It's up to the personal preference of the family. So it was just uh, a special, it was very special.
2: I think that makes it special, and I can imagine that even if you've got your teenagers that are kind of kicking and screaming uh, to be a part of this, but to have a, a priest come in your home and and celebrate mass, or to to have the father leading the procession, yes. uh, if you don't have a mass, it's still a pretty pretty yes. m- uh, memorable thing. Like you know, okay. it's a life. It's a it's it's something that you carry with you. Uh, yeah. I hear I hear priests talk about. I hear priests, old priests talking about when they had an enthronement in yeah. their home, they remember yeah. that, right? right. right. And often attribute, often attribute their vocation to that, right. to that uh, enthronement experience. So, right. Yeah.
4: And, and one of the things I say about, if you talk about priests and you talk about, like, we have an Irish background, soon uh-huh. after our enthronement, we went to Ireland. And then every Irish home we walked into, built into the home. Constructed into was an alcove. And in that alcove was yeah. a light that came out. And in that alcove that was built as part of the construction was mm-hmm. a picture of the Sacred Heart of yeah. Jesus. And so with it wasn't just a uh, light
3: on him. Yeah. Uh, always
4: yeah. in those homes. And it wasn't just in the one that we went. I went and I looked because we were Every wa- single one. We every oh my God. home we went into in Ireland <laughs> had that alcove with the light yeah. permanently yeah. fixed. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, when you yeah. the door on the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And that, your whole family, all your cousins have yeah. the same thing. And,
3: you know, it's, it, it's a, also a healing uh, to do this um, in the spirituality of it, uh, that it, it goes down through your descendants and back through your ancestors. It's kind of, it, there's a healing process that goes along with it. It's very powerful. Very, very, it's the heart. Of, it's the pouring out of the love of Jesus, uh, not just in your home, but through your whole you know, family from your ancestors down to your descendants.
2: So it's, it's
1: I've I've got a question for Pat. All right. Um, I've, uh, as you can see from the, the podcast, I'm, I'm young and vibrant and, <laughs> and um, but I've been around the block a little bit and I've, I've actually written uh, several books uh, for parents on raising children. And, and I've uh, been very intrigued with, the exercise of authority and, and by parents and how they do it, don't do it, or become masterful at it. And uh, your comment early in our discussion here, I thought really uh, needs to be underlined about 20 times and how you phrased it, I, I was really taken by uh, two things. One is, and I, and I, I really look for your, your expanded comments if you would. Uh, one thing you said was uh, you realized the importance of exercising leadership in your home, that w- uh, which I don't hear an awful lot uh, uh, talked about with respect to fathers these days. That's first thought. Second thought is that as a leader, you're really a disciple of Christ. Um, that we're not talking about just exercising parental control, uh, you're looking to uh, exercise your leadership in the home, but as a disciple of Christ, led by Christ. Uh, could you talk about those two things?
4: Yeah, I think the the scary part for uh, dads and for fathers is the the fact that you, you're looked at as a leader, and you're looked at, how do you do that job? How do you um, effectively do that job? And it, And it's not it's not thought about, it's not actively thought about. I think it's not, it, you're just, this is my wife. These are my kids. We're going to do things together, but it's much more than that. It's an, an obligation to get to heaven. You have to make sure these people that have been entrusted to your care are directed in, in a proper way to get to think about in a, in a normal fashion, how do I get to heaven? You know, how do I get to where I want to be? I may have a long life. I may have a short life. But what was my um, inspiration or what? how did I get there? And and that's why the enthronement really took a lot of pressure off me as a dad, because I was able to say in front of all my kids, thank God they were there, to say, look, look the real king of our house is Jesus. We're just here to do, you know live the commandments, do the things that he asks us to do. We're going to go to church on Sunday. I don't want an excuse. You know, give me results, not excuses. I need results. And the result is your buck gets out of bed and we go to church together. <laughs> uh, and it's a fight. It's a struggle, but I, you know, I lead, but I'm, I'm out of bed. I'm going, you can get dressed too. We're going to go together. So, you know, because when we, honestly, we go to church and one of the things I say, we look around and we say, you know, most people look like you. They got white hair. <laughs> and, you know, where are the people with the kids and the families and the oh, screaming babies and all that? And they're, you know. They're at
3: the Latin Mass.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're at the Latin Mass. Yeah. <laughs> That's the
3: truth. Yeah, we have some vibrant churches so, in our area, for sure.
4: <laughs> so, but I, I'm I'm a little bit older now. and I have gray hair, you just don't see it.
1: Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
4: But it's, you know, I, I think being, that's what the enthronement really did for me. It took a lot of pressure off to really make my focus on Jesus and the enthronement of him as king of our home. And I'm doing the same job you're expected to do. I'm going to church. I'm trying to live the Ten Commandments. I'm trying to live my faith as best I can in thought, word, and action. I, yes. you know, I go to work. Community. You know, yeah. I try to do these things and, and lead by example. And, yeah. and the example is not a great one because I lose my temper a lot. <laughs> I do things I shouldn't do. But I also do some things I should do, which... Uh, Yeah, is yeah. Try and live the Ten Commandments.
1: That uh, I I so appreciate what you're saying and how you're saying it and and the humility with which you're saying it. I uh, man, I think if we can figure out a way to package it, I'd like to do that. But that's but I guess promoting the uh, the home enthronement uh, um, is how you package it, huh?
4: Yeah, Yeah, but that you know, it's also too my uh, the humility that we have comes from you know we
1: from being
4: down so much but also you know what when I met Shannon and I asked her to marry me she told me you don't want to marry me and I said why she said because it's going to be difficult if not impossible for me to have children yeah and that's what they told me and that's what I said look I'm gonna leave that in God's hand I want to marry you and she I, I pushed and she said okay we'll get married and we left it in God's hands and we we have eight children yeah because of that yeah and uh, I, I didn't know if we'd I thought we wouldn't have any but we have yeah. a lot in yeah. compared to today's standards and and it's an obligation it's a so I take it seriously and we yeah. do yeah we, we always have been involved in we work hard their, you
3: know their education their Catholic education and, uh, it, but, but, and it, it's still a struggle I mean the secular world is offers you know a lot a happy meal i call it not a feast you know yeah, but... and, I,
4: and i think the hard part is you you can overdo it with your religiosity and you can underdo it yeah. where do you strike the balance yeah. how do you you know get kids and people actively involved in seeking jesus christ and a personal relationship with him on their own level yeah. and you can't force that on someone, they have to come to it by their own um, interest in their own love of wanting to know more.
3: And I think that you just hit that. Um, what struck me back in 2007 with the conference was there was a panel on the last day. And uh, on that panel were several couples who had, um and thrown their homes several years before. and out of those homes were becoming priests and religious sisters. And I said, in this world that we live in, if you if this enthronement is so powerful that they would answer the call that God intended for them to have as a priest or a religious sister, that they would hear that. Uh, that's something very powerful. And that's something that we wanted for our family. Not that we have anybody, we don't know yet, maybe there's one maybe leaning that way, but um, but I thought how very powerful that that presence in your home is not just us speaking to the kids, but it's the heart of Jesus that is speaking to, to them. Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, the, yeah, The other thing too, um, to answer your question on leadership, Jesus made these promises to us. So he made these promises and, I, and I'm looking back at him and I'm saying, look, you made these promises. We've done the best we can. I'm looking at you now to keep <laughs> promises. So I want to see some real results here for our effort. So let's, mm-hmm. let's get going.
2: <laughs> Buck stops with him, right? Yeah. Not with you. It stops with him. So. It does. Wow.
3: My girlfriend gave me a pillow with the image of the sacred heart of Jesus. And sometimes when we were going through a hard time, I would take the pillow up to my bed. It's normally on my couch and I'd sleep right on his heart. And I'm like, you, I'm sleeping on your heart. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry right
2: now. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah.
3: But he's, there. he's there to comfort us in our afflictions. So
2: I was going to say, it really just makes, it makes it real. It just makes him so real to your home, especially you see little children. They're just so drawn. Yeah, they're yeah. drawn to him. They start talking to the image, you yeah. know, and and I just heard a Norbertine priest on the feast on the first Friday, this first Friday, talking about, about how we should have his image and our blessed lady's image in every room of our home because well, that, they communicate grace to happen. us. I they communicate so. we they communicate grace to us it's yeah, not just a picture right. you know it, it it is a powerful sacramental it's 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 a reminder it's a memorial it's you know yeah
4: yeah it's good there, there have been people that have come into our house and they've actually complained and i've heard them complain why do you have so many religious figures in your house every room is just about and it's, it's just because if you've been to our house we get like shannon we we went in our old house we met and we graciously the head of Forty Days for Life from Australia came to our house and we hosted him. And he said he was so appreciative. He said, I'm going back. My daughter makes this artwork that's really beautiful. And I'm gonna have her send, we're gonna send one to you. And like I was six, our lady
3: of Guadalupe. Six what? months
4: later comes this yeah. beautiful work of art from yeah. Australia. Yeah. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And we're like, this is really beautifully handmade and very well done. We, it, he said, it's, it's supposed the...
3: to go in the garden. I go, no, no it's, it's going it's... in my kitchen.
2: Yeah,
4: it's <laughs> kitchen, which is the best place for it because you spend so much time in the kitchen. Right. Yes. And, the whole family, part you know, I mean, of the home. Great, great spot for it.
2: So, great. so we, this joy that you're sharing with us right now is almost, it's pretty contagious. And I know, and I'm very happy to say we're going to be sharing more. You're going to be sharing more of your story. Um, At Saint Daniel's Church, the testimonials the week before on the 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 masses and the night 18th and 19th, I believe, Mm -hmm. and then we'll start the mission. Tell us more about a little bit more about the mission and what's all about that, and what can happen at the mission and how people can.
3: I'm so excited for this mission. This is, I feel like we're um, bringing a revival to Syracuse. I really do, and I think it's going to be contagious. And uh, I, I love our community anyways, because I think we have some of the most dedicated Christians in the whole country, right in Syracuse. We, we have a very beautiful community. And um, I think this is just going to only make that just explode. We're ready for it, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the mission is going to be on the 23rd and 24th of June at 630 at St. Daniel's. And the first night is going to consist of a healing session and father ward is going to give a a beautiful talk and we're going to have confession uh we're going to have prayer over us um for gifts of the spirit and you know the lord is going to lead us into his grand feast day with the next day um which is the feast of the sacred heart of jesus so uh and the next day will be mass and um and there will be a lot of community. Uh, there'll be a lot of people that have actually had their homes enthroned to the Sacred Heart. There, a lot of families uh, to witness to uh, people with questions as to, you know, how was this? How did this go in your home? And and what do you think of this? Because that's that's the best having people that have lived with the enthronement for years. They're going to be there to just minister to others to bring this joy into their. Into their homes and this power and this uh the peace that this world every family needs into their homes. So I just can't wait. It's gonna be great. Right.
2: Great. So we hope we're gonna have be- a
3: full church. It's yeah. gonna be standing room only. Just with yeah. our
2: family. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It is really good news. And the first annual. So we're just getting started and there will be people and resources, as you say, to help people take that next step and um, have it be such a meaningful and beautiful ceremony experience that they have in their home. And you don't have to, you know, if it's just you, it's a very beautiful thing. You know, you invite friends if you want. The facilitators will be there. You can have your priest, but you'll always have Jesus. He'll be right there in your home and that's we've done, just, that.
3: we've done enthronements in nursing homes we've done them um with widows we've done the, you know it, family is a different concept for everybody yeah uh but did it at it, joseph's
2: it, house actually we yeah. did um and that's a home for unwed women so um, and
3: you can also enthrone your your businesses your ministries i yes. mean we'll give everything over to absolutely
4: <laughs> so one of the promises is if you promote the enthronement your name is written on jesus heart so never to be no. a thing if there's any place i want my name that would be it
2: yeah yeah awesome great bob anything else
1: and i'm, I'm good i uh yeah th- this has been outstanding and i i so appreciate your example and your uh your commitment through the years and i yes. uh, I on a personal level i i look forward to getting to know you um, in, in the in months and years to come. Thank you very much. You too. You're so, you.
3: so,
4: so good talking to you and so good meeting you. God bless. God bless you too.
0: We are grateful that you joined us today for another episode of the Mission Revive podcast. We humbly ask for your prayers as we continue in the mission entrusted to us to evangelize and revive hearts with Jesus. We would also ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast or making a financial contribution to support this growing ministry. You can do this by visiting our website at revivehopeandhealing.com or through our Revive Hope and Healing Ministries patron page. We cannot do this without you. Thank you.